disturbing from my slumber. I am the eternal dragon. Now make your first wish. Your wish has been granted. Here is your host, Tim Bridgewater. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 55 of Rock the Dragon, a Dragon Ball Super Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bridgewater. Thank you guys for coming back this week as I try to attempt to get back on a sort of a regular schedule until the next weird sickness <laughs> comes about. Uh, I am feeling a lot better. For those of you who may have been a little bit concerned, I uh, still have a little bit of a sniffle sort of thing that kind of happens every now and then. But for the most part, I think I'm pretty much back to 100%. So thanks for bearing with me throughout all of that. Um, if you haven't had a chance, please remember that I did two other podcasts. One of those was called Geekly Dose. So we talked about everything geek. Uh, also, Republic City Report, which was a Legend of Korra podcast. Uh, I actually have a little bit of Legend of Korra related news for those few crossover listeners that I think I had. I actually just did. And this is going to come as a surprise to <laughs> to you guys. But I actually I just bought the entire Legend of Korra series on Blu-ray today, today, <laughs> March 19th, 2018. Uh, you may be wondering, well, why, why, man? I mean, you did a podcast on it. Clearly, it's one of your favorite shows of all time. You obviously love it. Why'd you wait so long to pick it up? Uh, you know, when I first started, well, first of all, obviously, when the show was on, was still airing, which was still just a couple years ago. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. They were just releasing the books one by one on Blu-ray, and they were all sort of individual. And then, you know, I decided that I was just going to wait until the, the series was done. And they just made one collection of everything in one, you know, because you were able to get book one, book two and et cetera, all individually. And I'm like, well, if I just wait long enough, eventually there will be a version of it that is just the entire series on one or two discs. Right. So that's all I was waiting on. Now, that could have been out for even that could have been out for a while. And I just didn't realize it. But I happened to go to Best Buy today. I had to go <clears throat> there for something work related. I saw it. It was the last one on the shelf. It was like 30 bucks. I was like, well, now seems like a good time to just go ahead and buy this. Uh, so I'm the kind of person that even though I may love the hell out of something, I can wait. Right. Because, I mean, not only can I pretty much watch the entire series on Nick.com now, I think if I really wanted to. But I like to wait until the right version of it comes along. I mean, hell, I think some I, I talked about this on a previous episode of the podcast. I just bought Avatar The Last Airbender on DVD sometime last year. And that's been out for a long time because I was holding out for a Blu-ray version. But it seems like that's never going to come. So I said, OK, never mind. I'll just go ahead and buy the DVD one. If by some chance they decide to remaster Avatar and release that on Blu-ray, then I'll go. I'll just go buy it again. Uh, but that's nothing new to anybody because obviously I have Dragon Ball on VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray. So, I mean, you know, but it's nice to have Legend of Korra now. Uh, did I say a Legend of Korra? The Legend of Korra. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting back into it. I mean, it's it's crazy to think I spent, you know, so much time doing that podcast and I just don't remember much now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't remember a lot of the shit that happened so, but that's a good thing. I like to wait until I forget a lot of stuff and then I go back and rewatch shows because then you kind of enjoying it in a new way with a new pair of eyes in a way the second time around. Now with Dragon Ball, that'll probably never happen because I've just watched it so many times that it'll never be like new and I will never forget everything. You know, I'll forget a lot of it, but most of it I kind of remember, hopefully. <laughs> and when I don't, you guys 
fact check me and that's that's totally fine so uh yeah that's something geek related i just kind of did today i just figured I'd, I'd mention that for any fans that listen to that but anyway let's go ahead and get on with the episode here uh i don't i now i've i you know Obviously, I have no way of knowing at this point in time, but I feel like this episode of the podcast is not going to be very long just because, well, uh, I don't feel like there was a lot per se (laughs) that happened in episode 55 of Dragon Ball Super. So I'm probably going to kind of skip some of that stuff because I feel like, you know, there wasn't a lot to necessarily analyze about the episode, but we'll see. So with that being said, let's just move on with it. We're going to start off with our email segment here, of course, called What Are You Saying? Uh, if you have any questions, comments about anything, you want to send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to do so, and I will read your email in the air. I will answer your questions to the best of my ability. That's kind of what we do here with these emails. You know, I'm once again, I never claim to be this Dragon Ball master. But I do know a lot, and if I can help you get a better understanding of something, or if you just want my opinions on something, I'll be happy to answer your question uh, to the best of my ability. So with that being said, uh, we're going to switch over to that segment for this week, and I have an email here from Jesus and or Jesus. I'm not sure. (laughs) Uh, It says here, hey, Tim, how are you doing? Still enjoying your podcast. I just finished giving you a five star rating on episode 54. I'm just going to clear something up that you said on episode 54 that yes, in Dragon Ball, there have been some episodes where we have someone image training. It has been a thing in the series as a whole. Remember when Gohan and Krillin were image training on their way to planet Namek? However, you're right in saying that there hasn't been anyone training with that much intensity. Keep up the good work. Like I said last time, the series gets better. And before I go, I just want to say that the creator of Dragon Ball, Akira Toriyama, has said in the past one of the the past one of the reasons the series lacks consistency is because he sometimes forgets what he creates. Like, for example, whatever happened to launch the character that changes personalities when she sneezes. Oh, and when you do your review of Dragon Ball Evolution, did you know that the actor played Piccolo? The actor that played Piccolo in that movie is actually now the voice of Zamasu on Super, and he said he became a fan because of that movie. Thank you for what you do. And one episode again. Okay, sorry, you have some typos in here. Keep up the good work. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, thank you so much for the email, obviously. Uh, Let's see if we can kind of take this phrase by phrase. First of all, thank you so much for the five-star rating. I noticed that two-star rating that I had is gone, so I think whoever put that it was a mistake and they fixed it so i thank you so much for, for doing that i mean you, you know you didn't even have to have, take time out of your day to go and do that it means a lot to me obviously um i, I haven't gotten any reviews on itunes in a while that's why i haven't been reading any but if you want to give a review because you're enjoying the show then go over to itunes leave me a review there uh let me know about it I'll, i usually check anyway and i'll be happy to come on the podcast and read it so thanks for the five star ratings i mean I'm, the ratings are been really fucking awesome <laughs> over there so far so i can't really complain about it so as always just please keep it up if you're enjoying the show uh make sure you let everybody know okay so the image training okay now hopefully i mentioned this whenever i said it uh but like i i hope i didn't make it sound like that i was saying for sure that it never happened uh i try to always preface these kinds of things by saying hey 
I may not remember. So hopefully I did say that. Uh, but OK, so so there was a moment where Gohan and Krillin were MS training on their way to Planet Namek. OK, so I trust you. I believe you. I don't specifically remember it, but that's just because, well, there's just so many episodes of Dragon Ball. <laughs> but um, yeah, like you said, there probably hadn't been a situation where it was as intense as it was with Trunks, where he was starting to actually like bleed. And maybe he just bit his lip or something because he was focusing so hard. But OK, so that's cool. Um, and yeah, okay, so Akira Toriyama and addressing the inconsistencies of the past in terms of Dragon Ball. Oh, we all know that there are a million and one inconsistencies and plot holes and things that just can't even really be explained in that series. And, you know, they're even kind of still happening to an extent now in Super. Um, even though I'm the kind of person to where I will point out those inconsistencies, uh, you know, every time they happen and such like that. I, I definitely understand at the point at that point in time back in the 80s when Dragon Ball was coming out. I mean, it had to have been difficult for him to keep track of all that stuff. <laughs> I mean, nowadays you have hard drives and all this kind of shit and you could just save presets in Photoshop or Illustrator or whatever the hell it is you're using or whatever program you're using. You can save all this stuff. It's a lot easier or at least it should be. And back then, who knows? I mean, if. If they had some sort of computer, <laughs> if it was this massive thing that probably, you know, crashed constantly and wasn't very reliable. So it stands to reason that they would just forget some things. I mean, you have essentially a, a team of, of, of artists and animators and writers and Dragon Ball Z was coming on every single day. I think, you know, it, like it wasn't one of those shows that I'm sorry, every single week. Yeah, I think it was coming out every single week, but it's not like it took a break. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Dragon Ball Z in its original run ever took a break. You know, a lot of shows now will take have a season finale, take a couple months off, come back. I'm pretty sure it was running consistently every single week for however many years it was on air. So that's a lot of work to do for a group of people who are only human and things can get mixed up and people can forget shit. And it probably wasn't a very good system or method of keeping track of things. You can have, they probably had files and folders and papers, which can be lost, can be destroyed, which can be burned, which could be thrown away, which can be, someone could have dropped some coffee on something and who knows. <laughs> so a lot of that probably explains a lot of the inconsistencies in Dragon Ball. Uh, yeah, I remember Launch. There was definitely a character named Launch. I think her hair was, she was very, sort of dainty and quiet uh, and then she would sneeze and when she, she had blonde hair and then she would sneeze and then she, her hair would turn like blue and all of a sudden she would just have like a machine gun and she would just be ready to shoot people <laughs> I remember I do remember launch she was very uh, well she was relatively popular in Dragon Ball and then all of a sudden Dragon Ball Z came along and she just didn't exist anymore now I could be a little bit wrong about that there may have been a little bit of overlap in there but for the most part that character was not in Dragon Ball Z uh, so yeah, just a character they just completely forgot about, and sometimes that happens, you know. I mean, I, I I've always thought it was super weird that, uh, <laughs> and maybe this doesn't even translate over to the Japanese dub. I don't know, but you know, the fact that Krillin named his daughter Marin, and that's the same name his ex girlfriend had on Dragon Ball Z, at least in the English dub. I don't know how that transferred in the Japanese version, but <laughs> I don't know if that was a mistake. Or if they just, it was just like a, a Easter egg or sort of like a little, a little joke. 
that he would name his kid after his ex-girlfriend, right? Uh, so there's obviously a lot of stuff in there. And, you know, I, I let, like I said, I'll point the stuff out, but I let most of it slide because of the time period. There was only so much they could work with. You know, they were hand drawing all these things and it was just easy to for things to get messed up and confused. And the translations were difficult because there was no email, right? If you needed to contact someone across Japan or wherever they would send the shit off to, you had to make a phone call, which even that wasn't as easy as it is now. Or you had to do handwritten letters and all this kind of stuff. So it's easy to see how things would get lost in translation. But now <laughs> what, may, what gets on my nerves is that now these problems seem to be still happening with Super. I mean, like the whole thing with Trunks' hair being blue. If that was a mistake, then that's just kind of stupid, right? Because now there's no reason why that kind of stuff should still be happening with technology being the way that it is now. But I don't know. I, I don't know. But yes, very, very good point. So let's see. Uh, okay. And so here's another thing. And I, I did not know this. I, I, you are the first person that mentioned this to me. I had no idea. So apparently what, what you're saying is, is that uh, James Marsters, who is the actor who played Piccolo in Dragon Ball Evolution, the live action movie, the failed <laughs> U.S. movie, uh, is, this, is the same actor who does the voice of Zamasu in Dragon Ball Super. Uh, I didn't know that. So when I, I watched the episode and uh, I looked at the end credits and listed for Zamasu was the name David Gray. So I was like, well, wait a second. Maybe there's some kind of misunderstanding here because he says James Marsters, but this says David Gray. So which one is right? Basically, everyone's still trying to kind of figure that out. I mean, I did some some research on it, and there is a very strong reason to believe that David Gray is James Marsters. The strongest reason being that it's pretty much listed on his IMDb page. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess unless that's wrong, but by some chance it, it's that's it's right. I'm assuming. And apparently James Marsters also did the voice of Zamasu in Xenoverse 2, I think. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know that. And it looks like it's true. It's not confirmed anywhere beyond the shadow of a doubt as far as what I could see. But it seems like that's correct, that it would be him. Now, the question is, if it is him, then why is he going by a different name? Well, there could be many different reasons for that. Uh, one of them, and this is something I just I didn't. This wasn't my idea, but I saw it on Reddit. Um, it was saying that. Dragon Ball Super may not be a union project. It could be a non-union sort of project. Uh, and if you're wondering what that means, well, in the in the entertainment industry, uh, you can be union or non-union. And that's when you talk about SAG, Screen Actors Guild, and stuff like that. And I know a little bit about that just from my time as an actor. Uh, but some projects are union and some are non-union. Usually the union projects are the bigger ones. And usually non-union could be a little bit more independent or, you know, has a budget under a certain amount of money, things like that. And if you join the union, it costs a certain amount of money, I think a year to be a part of that union. But it also guarantees that the projects that you work on that are union and should be union will have certain standards. You, you know, you can't make less than a certain amount of money 
for a role because, you know, in the film industry, people can just lowball you and say, hey, come out and we'll give you one hundred and fifty dollars and some credit and a copy of the film. And I've done films like that, but that's because it's been with people that I know and been really low scale sort of indie films. Uh, but once you get to a certain level, you your name and you have a resume and a reel, it demands a certain amount of money. You know, you don't want to go and shoot a movie for four months that only pays you a thousand bucks. You know, that's not. <laughs> so there are rules with unions that you can't make under a certain amount. And then the standards of, of the shooting will be held to a certain up to par, you know, because sometimes you go out to a shoot and there'll be nowhere to pee. And there'll be no food and it just depends, right? So union projects typically have certain work things that have to be present when shooting their movie. So you know that if you're in the union and you book a union job, that there will be certain things that will definitely be there for you. Um, now, I'm saying all that to say this is that they're saying that Dragon Ball, the production or Funimation or whatever, may not be a part of that. And so some actors may chain go you know may do the job under a pseudonym you know uh, of just sort of a fake name just to not conflict with that union so that's probably the most likely reason why he would have done this uh, i mean assuming that this is true uh, another one would be well i don't know maybe he's just so embarrassed about how dragon ball evolution turned out <laughs> that he's like hey I don't want I don't want people to like hate super because they see my name attached to it. I doubt that is that. I mean, gosh, Dragon Ball Evolution was not good, but I don't blame James Marsters for it. I mean, he's actually a pretty beloved sort of actor in the sci fi community, and I'm sure it's for good reason. Either way, I love the voice. I never talked about Zamasu's voice, but I like it a lot. So if that's him. Great. Cool deal. I didn't know that. So thank you so much for sharing that with me. Uh, and I, yes, I will still do a commentary track for Dragon Ball Evolution. I haven't mentioned that in a while, but I have not forgotten about it. I will also do one for the history of trunks. It's just, I've been sick and I've been super busy. So it's just been hard to even, if I can't even get rock the dragon up one time, <laughs> you know, I can't do all the other shit, but it's still coming. So stay tuned for all of that. So thank you so much for that email. Now I'm going to move on to one more that I have here from Chelsea. Chelsea, always good to hear from you. Says here, hey, Tim, first of all, a late congratulations on your milestone of 50 episodes. What a ride it's been so far. I'm glad to see this podcast continuing to grow and level up with each episode. Thanks for creating a fun and engaging community for Dragon Ball fans. I was a few episodes behind on the pod, but I finally caught up again. I'm really loving the Goku Black Saga. It's much more in the vein of DBZ as I enjoyed as a kid. I enjoyed as a kid. Like you, I'm solely a dub viewer. While I had heard of Goku Black, I hadn't known he was a separate character. I had assumed it was just some new transformation. So this has been a pleasant surprise so far. This latest episode, however, ugh, I found myself cringing through it. I don't like these sillier episodes, much preferring the more serious tones and action we've been getting so far this arc. Before I sign off, I wanted to make a quick comment about the Pilaf question. In the second volume of the DBS manga, there is a bonus chapter which explains that Pilaf and gang made a wish right after the destruction from Cell by Pilaf for them to be younger. But Shinron turned them too young, making Trunks and Mai roughly the same age. So that debate can finally be put to bed. Keep up the great work. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on how this saga is developing. Chelsea, thank you so much for uh, 
emailing me and saying those kind words at the beginning. Yes, I've now we're now on episode 55. It's still kind of amazing that I made it this long. And because I mean, if you if you were one of my earlier listeners, you know, I was kind of struggling for a while and kind of trying to decide if I was even going to continue doing the podcast. I mean, I'm still not entirely positive I'm going to make it to (laughs) 100 episodes, but I'm definitely feeling a lot better about things. And it always helps whenever you guys share your positive feedback. And of course, when you give me reviews and you share the podcast and you send me emails and et cetera, it only keeps me motivated. So thank you so much for, uh, for that. Uh, yeah, that's funny that you mentioned that, uh, you, you thought Goku black was just another Goku transformation. (laughs) I mean, that's what, that's exactly what it sounds like. It's like Goku black. It's like, wait a minute. That, yeah, what does he? What does that mean? Is Goku transform into something else? I mean, I could see why you would think that. Um, yeah, and and you mentioned how okay. I assume you're talking about episode fifty five with the the cringingness and the silliness of it. That's kind of what I was talking about earlier when I said I don't think my episode talk is going to be very long because well, uh, a lot of this shit just wasn't interesting. Uh, but I'll get to that in a minute and. Last but not least, you kind of confirm once again that the Pilaf crew did make a wish to become younger. And you say it was confirmed in the second volume of the Dragon Ball Super manga. Great. Okay. So that should there shouldn't be any more question about that. Uh, they did. I, I think I mentioned that they, they, they mentioned it in one of the movies and maybe briefly on the show, but they definitely talked about it. So uh, who knows why they decided to do it and why they decided to not show it, but they did address it and say that it happened. So definitely happened. Okay. So Chelsea, thank you so much for the email. Uh, if you have any questions, comments about anything, you want to send me an email for what are you saying? Send me an email at rock the dragon podcast at gmail.com. That being said, I think it's time to go ahead and switch over to the episode talk for this week. Of course, this episode of rock the dragon podcast, episode 55 It's going to cover episode 55 of Dragon Ball Super uh, titled, I'd like to see Goku, you see a summons from Grand Zeno. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, I thought it was pretty. I I don't want to say funny. I guess interesting that they decided to just name the episode after exactly what Grand Zeno said. I mean, why not? (laughs) Why not? Okay. so the previous episode left off with, of course, exactly that uh grand zeno is summoning goku um we don't know exactly why of course i was sort of uh assuming that maybe it has something to do with that tournament that he mentioned um the last time we saw him remember at the end of the destroyer tournament grand zeno showed up and it was this brief sort of exchange between he and goku and he basically mentioned the fact that he would like to do a tournament on a bigger scale sort of between all of the universes, I think. It's been a while since I've seen that episode. Um, So that's kind of what I thought it was going to be about. Of course, we know it's not about that, but we'll get more into that as we get to the um, that part of the episode. But um, so we essentially start the episode where Beerus and Whis are informing Goku that uh, he's been summoned by Grand Zeno. So they're kind of just giving him this whole sort of, you know, rundown on, okay, you shouldn't do this and you should do this. And, you know, the same kind of stuff they always did. Lately, they've been kind of trying to, you know, 
impress upon him the importance of not disrespecting all of these deities and he always does and he doesn't fucking learn anything so I don't understand why they even bother uh, but what I think is probably the most sort of interesting piece of information to take away from this whole thing is that uh, it's revealed that Beerus and the Supreme Kai are sort of part of this set where one of them can't exist without the other one. Um, I thought it was kind of weird that they just kind of threw that out there all of a sudden. I'm like, that's pretty huge, <laughs> you know, like it, it's that's pretty big, right? That's that's something big that just kind of like introduce all of a sudden in the middle of this conversation, just kind of like, you know, by coincidence, you know, because I think Beerus says something like, you know, make sure because he's 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 thinking about, you know, he, he doesn't want Goku to mention anything about Goku Black or time travel or anything like that. The Grand Zeno, because he's saying that Grand Zeno is going to get upset because you're not supposed to tamper with time. And as a result, he may just wipe out everybody. Uh, so he's he's telling Whis. You know, if it seems like he's going to direct his anger towards something, make sure it's not at Supreme Kai, though. I don't know what Weiss could do to stop him. <laughs> so that that's weird, too. It's like, wait a minute. He can't. If, if the guy is that strong, there's not shit. We should be able to do about it. But, I, you know, it was a means to an end. They just wanted to say, hey, uh, here's a good opportunity to reveal this thing. And he's and he says, make sure nothing can happen to it. And, and, and Goku's kind of like, you know, questioning things. And we says, he just kind of reveals that they're part of a set. So if Supreme Kai dies, Beerus dies too. Now, I, I don't have a problem with that, I guess, from a storytelling perspective. And it's always nice to find out these things about characters. I just think the timing is kind of weird. That It just seems like it's kind of a weird time to just kind of mention something like that all of a sudden. So... I'm assuming that's going to tie into something very soon in this arc. Why else would they bring it up now? Right. And maybe it'll tie into something later on with Zamasu and, and, and how to defeat him. <laughs> because now we know, according to this, that if you kill a destroyer, you kill the Kai and vice versa. So if Zamasu is Goku Black or has created Goku Black, or if Goku Black, Goku Black is obviously some sort of a Kai or something like that, then maybe all you have to do is go fight the destroyer of Universe 10, whoever that is, beat him, and then and then you'll fix some things. But that's assuming that that destroyer is not as powerful as Beerus, right? I, I just think it's I think it's odd how they're they're sort of like this set. Supreme Kai and Beerus, but yet one of them is substantially stronger than the other one. I mean, Su Supreme Kai is not very strong. We're talking about Shin, right? Okay, S Supreme Kai of Universe 7. Like, you know, he may have been stronger than some of these characters when he first showed up uh, back when Bobbity was coming back and all that. But there's no way he's as strong as these, these characters now. I mean, Gohan surpassed him a long time ago, right? So... It's just weird that he would be, but even Goku saying the same thing is like, well, not that I would try anything because that wouldn't be any, he's like, that wouldn't be a challenge at all because he knows he can go and wipe out Supreme Kai if he felt like it. So he, he doesn't want that. And not only that, he has no reason to do it, but it's, it's just an interesting sort of revelation to come out of that. And I'm hoping and assuming it's not for nothing, right? 
So then we go and we check back on Bulma and everybody for a minute. Trunks is asleep. Uh, you know, he's sort of recovering from his, his sparring with Vegeta. So basically, we know we're not going to see much of him this episode. <laughs> we'll see some, but not a lot. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, we kind of go back to, to, to Goku and Beerus and Whis at that point. And I uh, <clears throat> didn't mention this before, but um, they do reveal also here that... Uh, just the whole <clears throat> traveling to Grand Zeno's planet or whatever it is would take uh, two days. And he doesn't really have two days to spare because he's supposed to be going to the future with Trunks of Vegeta. So they say, hey, if you can go to Supreme Kai, Supreme Kai should have a direct line to Grand Zeno. So they're just kind of finding ways to sort of conveniently... Uh, <laughs> To sort of conveniently explain how quickly they managed to get there. So then we, we rejoin Zamasu and Gozen, Gozensu uh, for a minute. And they're just kind of still sort of observing this primitive race of the species of, of creature that developed and, and watching how violent they are. They're still kind of fighting one another uh, so much to the point to where it even sort of spills over toward them. And just to kind of get to the point here, Zamasu kills the thing. I mean, he just, he kills it, right? Because we we already know he's not he's not taking any bullshit off of these creatures at this point. He's already ready to destroy them as is. <laughs> so he doesn't really need much more reason to freak out at this point. So, you know, one of them tries to attack him and he kills it. And what I think is interesting about this, and, and, uh, and I feel like this is the first time that this, that we have seen this, is that um when he when he turns around he's he looks like he's in this trance he has this look on his face like he just sort of wigged out for a second and didn't realize what he was doing i don't think that that was a coincidence that they showed that <laughs> like that uh it almost seemed like he just lost it for a second and then he just snapped back to reality so that's definitely going to be foreshadowing something i mean maybe at some point whatever that is just takes over and he'll just snap and then that'll be it because uh, when he goes back, they go back and things are kind of calm. And he asks, goes and Sue asks for the earring back. And he says, he says, well, why did you take his life? You know, he said we could have easily have just left and didn't interfere with anything. And, you know, he's telling them that, you know, you, 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 you killed him. But for all you, for all you know, that one creature could have had some sort of an effect on the future of this entire species that could have changed them for the better. So that's obviously a lesson that needs to be learned there. You know, he's trying to say that just because they're this way now doesn't mean they'll, they'll that they'll be that way forever. And, uh, you know, Zamasu doesn't want to hear that, you know. <laughs> but, you know, so and then we 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 re, we get to see Supreme Kai and Kabito again, which is what's always cool. And Elder Kai, um, I swear, it seems like they made Supreme Kai way smaller than he was in Dragon Ball Z. I mean, gosh, now he just looks like a kid <laughs> because I'm looking at these shots and it's like, he doesn't even seem like a remote threat. He doesn't even seem like he could be the God of anything, but okay, fine. You know, they de-aged everyone so much in Dragon Ball Super, I don't even understand why. So they immediately kind of, you know, they talk about it for a minute and then they teleport over to the place and we, they come across this individual who's sort of the gatekeeper or the whatever to Zeno's palace and you know this being looks a lot like Whis I hope I'm not the only person that noticed that 
<laughs> I was almost waiting for him to reveal some sort of relation to this person, which never happened, at least here. Doesn't mean it won't happen later on, I guess, at some point. But I, I don't know if it's a coincidence that he looks a lot like Weiss, like the same skin tone, same species of, 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 of Weiss. Uh, and we already know that Weiss has a sister over in Universe 6. So maybe this is his little brother or something. I, his uncle. I don't know. <laughs> so they go inside the palace. They walk up. Of course, they the whole time they've been warning Goku about Grand Zeno and saying, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't piss him off, etc. None of that has been sort of adding up from what we've seen from Grand Zeno. And it's just kind of revealed that a lot of that, you know, it's just this big fear. It's a fear, right? You, you have someone who's incredibly powerful. So you go overboard to placate them and give them whatever they want and say and, and tell them yes for everything and not piss them off. That it doesn't actually stimulate them. And they look for the people who give them a who challenged them a little bit and i think goku challenges grand zeno a little bit and that's why he's tolerating all of this he's 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 so used to people saying yes to every single little thing that it's probably not even fun and they're just being super proper and super respectful and walking on eggshells around him he just finds this this character this species <laughs> this guy this saiyan goku who just kind of is himself and it just seems to be a genuine sort of fun sort of a guy now with all of that being said, it's revealed here that the whole point of this is that he basically wants to ask Goku to be his friend. Now, is that sweet? Yeah, yeah, it's sweet. I mean, I'm not a heartless monster. I mean, that it's sweet. It's kind of touching that the king of the entire universe just kind of wants a friend. And he finds that in Goku. My only complaint is, is that what the fuck does this have to do with anything else? <laughs> like I, once again, it could be a little bit soon. You know, may, maybe he'll call in a favor or something later on. I don't know, but it just seemed like sort of a waste of an episode to have this be sort of the big centerpiece of the episode. I mean, this whole episode is supposed to be about why is Grand Zeno summoning Goku? Oh, because he wants to play with him. Uh, I mean, it's not the craziest thing in the world because, well, this is Dragon Ball. This is Dragon Ball. But, you know, we're getting into a serious arc. An arc, for the most part, has been very good. And then you throw this shit in here and it just kind of derails everything. <laughs> it just kind of derails everything, you know. But it's, it's okay because it's not like the episode ends on this note. It's just super silly and super weird. But basically... Yeah, he, he says he wants to be friends and he wants to play. He wants to hang out. Goku's saying, I, I can't right now. There's something really important that I need to take care of. But I promise you when it's done, we'll come and hang out. And he, not only that, I'll bring someone with me who's even more fun to play with and can probably stay a little bit longer. And they give a little handshake and make a little promise. And, you know, they uh, do, do a little dance and make a little love and get down tonight. Um... And I think I, that's pretty much it, right? The only, I think it just kind of, I don't know. This shit was kind of, look, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it's a lot of this stuff just kind of, I, I just kind of tuned out because it was just, I, it just wasn't that interesting. <laughs> and 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 even even the conversation that sort of happens after this with uh, 
is it go is it goes and sue go and sue i've probably been saying it wrong i don't know I'll, I'll figure it out but between him and and zamasu there's some deep stuff that's happening there with the tea and 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 all of that stuff and sort of this conversation about justice and 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 good and evil and i know that there's some deep stuff there but i just i didn't absorb it you know i i, I think it just felt like it was kind of being forced on me in a span of time that I wasn't expecting it to be and Dragon Ball doesn't usually get that deep so I just kind of wasn't prepared for it so I didn't I didn't really absorb everything that was going on in that conversation I mean I think the point of it is that there's definitely some interesting perspectives from these deities and the ways that they have to interpret things and look at things and basically he's just trying to get Zamasu to understand that <laughs> But Zamasu has his own perspective on it uh, that, you know, is is he doesn't he doesn't agree with what what goes into is, is saying. So, I mean, this is stuff that we already kind of learned There's, that we already kind of know there's a there's a, a disagreement there between them. There's definitely a difference of opinions and perspectives on how this should play out in terms of handling these mortals. And that's probably the main thing to take away from that conversation. Once again, I'm not going to like get too deeply into it because I honestly didn't absorb most of it. So I probably sound like a fool if I tried to break it all down right now. But I think that's sort of the gist of it. And once again, it's nothing new. I mean, it's kind of just sort of reiterating what we already knew and, and what we're the vibe we've already gotten from Zamasu. Now, I will say this, and I've already mentioned this before. They're doing a hell of a job with the character development for Zamasu. I mean, I don't think any villain so far has been as developed as this guy. <laughs> I mean, you're getting a clear under understanding of what type of a person or God he is and his viewpoints on things. And not only that, the reasons why he feels the way that he does and his perspective on things. And it's, not, it's also not unreasonable, you know, I mentioned this before, a lot of the previous villains, which Zamasu's not a villain right now, but we're, I'm assuming he's going to become one. <laughs> he's going to be Goku Black or he somehow created Goku Black or something like that. Uh, but, you know, when that does happen, we'll have a perfect understanding of why he does what he does. And it it makes a lot more sense than any of the motives that any of the other villains I think I've had. Like I said before, like a lot of the stuff has just been, oh, this thing was just created by some you know like the, like in the case of boo where he was just created to destroy every damn thing because bobbity just wanted to get revenge for his freaking father being killed or some shit or whatever you know it just wasn't there's a lot of revenge sort of motives in dragon ball you know uh vegeta coming to earth was sort of a revenge for for go for piccolo killing raditz and you know, they they wanted planet Earth. They wanted to conquer it and sell it. And that's that was Frieza's whole thing, too, for the most part. The androids was just a revenge thing. Cell was a revenge thing from Dr. Jiro. But now we're getting someone and Beerus wasn't really a villain. Frieza just kind of came back. You see what I'm saying? So I think this is the first time in a long time, if not ever, that they're sort of building a villain and you're watching him turn into that. You know, he's being developed sort of step by step 
and we're getting this insight into why he thinks the way that he thinks and i think that that's probably one of the coolest things they're doing right now and not only that like i said you can see his side of things i mean i find myself sort of agreeing with zamasu and saying you know what it's a good point man <laughs> it's kind of a good point like you know it's i can see both perspectives because he's saying that uh these people are creating turmoil for themselves over and over again you know i think he said something like mortal mortals don't create evil they are evil or something like I, i'm probably misquoting that but it's it's you know he's saying that the reason why evil exists is because these people keep choosing to do this shit you know it's not like it's just popping up out of nowhere um so at what point as gods do we have to step in and say enough is enough and and be like okay maybe we should just wipe all these people out and start over you know and there are people that feel that way in real life and you know like i said there's a lot of philosophical sort of um things behind this and, and theology and whatnot and i kind of appreciate the fact that they're going into that so okay so uh yeah, well, we can't forget that it's time, you know, the the ship, we find out that the, the, the time machine has now been repaired. It's like brand new. We've got the fuel. Trunks is awake. And we get to see sort of a brief little send off. And here we go. Trunks, Goku and Vegeta headed off to the future. I got to say, I didn't think this was going to happen. I thought I thought that Goku Black or something else was going to come back to the past before they had a chance to go to the future. So I'm surprised to see that they actually did that. <laughs> in this episode so at the very end they go to the future and uh i thought it was a little bit weird how no one seemed to kind of i mean i guess we could assume that maybe this happened off camera but no one's kind of addressing the the <laughs> the possibility of what happens if the time machine gets destroyed while they're back in the future you, you know like no one seemed to have sort of considered that or maybe they did and maybe they just haven't mentioned it yet but i'm thinking okay now they're in the future so what happens if goku black just comes out of nowhere and smokes that time machine again then we've got goku and vegeta stuck <laughs> in trunks's timeline so that leaves you know i mean yeah they'll be there to whoop goku black but then if they're stuck there then what's the point right so i and as far as we know, no one in that timeline has any sort of connection to any of the gods or any of the Kais or any of that shit. Because remember, that stuff never happened in this timeline. You know, that only happened in the new timeline. Goku and Vegeta were dead before any of that stuff would have happened in this timeline. So, I mean, hell, I, I think they'd just be stuck there. <laughs> and, well, probably not. You know, Dragon Ball, they, can all, they, would, they would find a way to come up with something because they do that they just create shit out of nowhere <laughs> and that's one of the things that i've kind of have not been happy about with the dragon ball series but it's okay okay but basically they get there they arrive they kind of look around trunks immediately starts to run off in the direction of where he left my and he notices that she's gone and that her hat is still there so at this point he doesn't know what that means he doesn't know if goku black took her body or if she's still alive or what Goku's kind of walking around. Some of these resistance fighters come out and see him and immediately launch missiles at him. Makes sense. He looks a lot like he looks just like Goku Black. So why wouldn't they assume that he's Goku Black? Right. My only question is, is that, you know, the episode sort of ends with this cliffhanger sort of moment where these missiles are flying at Goku as if any of us think for one second <laughs> 
that he's in any danger at all. I mean, come on. We know those damn missiles can't hurt Goku. He'll probably just shrug them off with his energy and send them flying off in some other direction to destroy a mountain. You know, so I thought it was interesting and weird that they would end the episode like that because no one who's watched this show is going to be sitting there like, oh my gosh, I wonder if Goku's going to die. No, he's not. But whatever. Okay, enough of that. Uh, this was the least impressive episode of this arc for me. I have to say that. I, I didn't really, I didn't hate it because there was a lot of deep stuff that was happening there dialogue wise between Zamasu and the Elder Kai. And that was, that was cool. Uh, but other than that, it was kind of a throwaway, you know, we'll see if that lasts. Maybe it'll be revealed soon that it was very useful in some way. We just have to kind of stay tuned and see. But anyway, so yeah, that about does it. Uh, so those are my thoughts. What are yours? What are you saying? Send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Please, please, please head over to facebook.com slash rockthedragonpodcast. Uh, I don't mention that as much as I used to, I feel like. I mean, I feel like I was begging for likes <laughs> at one point. Uh, I haven't done that in a while, but I still obviously uh, ask and encourage you to go like that page. Uh, it's only going to keep me motivated. I, I need to see the growth there, and that'll kind of help me determine what my next step involving the podcast should be. So please, if you haven't been able to yet, go like the page. I do post things on there regularly, and we do have sort of these conversations that happen over there. It could be something completely random. It could be something It's usually Dragon Ball related, though. So if you want to be a part of that conversation, go like that page. Uh, also, leave me a review on iTunes if you've been enjoying the show. So I think that about does it, guys. So until next time for Rock the Dragon Podcast, I'm Tim Bridgewater, and I will uh, see you next time.